are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So we have an exciting slate plan for this Thursday edition of the show. We're going to identify three key players for the Louisville Cardinals in the season opener against Ole Miss down in Atlanta on Labor Day. And then in the second segment, we'll flip that on its head and identify three key players for the Rebels against the Cardinals in that game. And then in the final segment, we will identify and analyze the deciding factors that could push either team over the top. Before we get into that, like I mentioned, my name is Dalton Pence. I am a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a recruiting analyst and a feature writer. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports such as baseball, soccer, lacrosse, field hockey, etc. You can follow my personal Twitter at dpence underscore and the podcast Twitter page at LO underscore Louisville. All right, so let's get right into the show. Like I mentioned, we're going to identify three key players for the Cardinals in the season opener. Only one of them are on offense and the other two are on defense. The first key player that I want to focus on is this is a guy that I've been talking about in a couple different episodes, and I haven't necessarily been quiet about my praise for him, and that is tight end slash H-back slash Swiss Army Knife, Marshawn Ford. Like I mentioned, uh, I believe it was a couple weeks ago that I think he's the X factor for this offense in this game. And solely because, you know, we're still trying to figure out who's going to pop out of the woodwork for that wide receiving core and really establish their name and carve out their significant role. There's a couple guys in that room that I'm very excited to see what they bring to the table early on. But that doesn't take away the fact that it's still going to be kind of a revolving door and um, see what works, see what doesn't, and until you know something changes and the rotation solidifies. But as of right now, you know you have assurance. However, at that tight end position, we'll be able to alleviate some of those concerns with the wide receiving core in that first game. At this point, it's no secret that the coaching staff is planning on using him at wide receiver in certain packages, and I mentioned that multiple times as well as to why I think he's going to be so pivotal for this offense, especially early on, because he's going to be that rock that Malik Cunningham can throw to. There's obvious team chemistry between the two, having played with each other the past two years significantly, so there's a lot of comfort there. It'll be interesting to see how Ford reacts to being a wideout and um, how he's able to take advantage of his size and his speed for his size um as i mentioned uh, two weeks ago you know if you are big enough to cover marshawn for the chances are you're likely not as quick enough or fast enough and if you can match him speed wise chances are you're not big enough to guard him and you know it, he's a matchup nightmare for lack of better terms and for an almost defense that is going to be trying to find their identity on the fly one of the worst defenses maybe the worst defense in the sec a season ago it's going to be an extreme test on the linebacking core to be able to cover Marshawn Ford all over the field and in different packages, and also on the secondary as well. Uh, the loss of Jacques Jones transferred to Kentucky really stings, and it's going to be uh, a tall task, you know, literally 
for the Rebel defense to be able to check forward, whether that be using him out in the flat, whether that's you know over the middle, you know on out routes. I think that they're going to have an unlimited amount of possibilities and how they're going to use him. And I'm really interested to see how creative Scott Satterfield gets when it comes to being able to find him in the open field um, with no tutu, with no Dez, with him being you know one of the guys that gets all of the focus, you know, along with Justin Marshall and Braden Smith. I'm really interested to see how he reacts to, you know, being the focal point for the opposing defense. So he's one of the key players to watch on the defensive side of the ball. I think it starts with Yaya Diaby. And if you kind of look at him last season, didn't necessarily live up to the expectations that, um, you know, Cardinal fans had for him. Only had 18 tackles. Two and a half of those were for a loss. And if you talk to Yaya Diaby, which we did at the media day for Cardinal Sports Zone, you know, he basically made it look it was tough trying to get adjusted and acclimated with the speed of the level of play that he was playing at. And finally, by the end of the season, he felt like he was finding his footing. And now looking on year two, there are extremely high expectations for this young man. He looks like he's added a good amount of weight. The coaching staff and various members of the Louisville football program have also raved about you know the work that he's putting in, the work that he's shown in fall camp. So you have to believe that you know the cards are going to be utilizing him a ton in that pass rush. Um, obviously, the starter at defensive end in the initial depth chart. And I mean, you can say, well, obviously, Dalton, the starting defensive end, is one of the key players to watch in the season opener. But the circumstances are a little bit more extreme just because you're playing such a high-octane offense in Ole Miss. And if you allow Matt Corral to be able to, you know, take the time to go through his reads, make solid decisions, and be able to, you know, run up through the line of scrimmage, it's going to be a long night for the Louisville defense. So Yaya Diaby is one of the key players to watch, in my opinion, because his ability to get after Corral and get into that defensive backfield and blow plays up at the line of scrimmage is going to be critical for this defensive line. I'm not saying, you know, other players on that defensive line can't get the job done like Malik Clark or Ramon Poirier. Um, I mean, there is a you know a handful of guys that can really go out there and possibly wreak havoc against this Ole Miss offensive line. But I look for Yaya Diaby to kind of you know set the bar and be able to um, you know allow the rest of the defensive line to feast off of the destruction that he's putting up against you know the Ole Miss offensive line unit in the trenches. So and the expectations are obviously sky high for Yaya in his second season with the program. Um, I think a lot of Louisville fans and the Louisville media kind of have him pinned as a breakout star in the ACC for the Cards. I know in um, you know. Fall camp media availabilities. He came out and said, "Look, I want to get ten plus sacks this year." I don't necessarily think that that's so far fetched off of what could possibly happen because I do think you know now that he has caught up to speed, he's spent another year learning the Brian Brown defense and what Mark Ivy is wanting to do with that defensive line. He's definitely a key player to watch in this season opener just for his ability to get after the quarterback, which will be so pivotal. And then the final player to watch is linebacker Monty Montgomery. Uh, I don't think that this really comes to any surprise in terms of being a leader on the defense. He appeared in 10 games last season, starting the last three, had 46 tackles. Seven and a half of those were for a loss and had a team-high four sacks. 
The reason, in my opinion, why he is so critical in this game is because Ole Miss has the ability to run and orchestrate that read option offense to a T and do it very successfully. Having a linebacker that can go sideline to sideline and be able to um, limit the big plays, finish tackles, um, just being able to contain the Ole Miss offense and not let them march down the field with quick pace allowing the Louisville offense to catch their breath. And it extends beyond that. When we talk about the RPO, you know, being able to identifying quickly who has the ball because with the tempo that the Rebel offense plays with, you know, you have to make snap judgments and be able to make those judgments based upon the reads that you're making as a linebacker. And as a guy that is thought of as one of the possible breakout players for this team, you know, he's a leader for the linebacking core, but not only the linebacking core, but the defense as a whole. It's going to be a lot of responsibility on not only him, but the linebacking core in general to be able to finish tackles and not let all SEC caliber running back Jerry Ely have a field day against this defense because if things go wrong and you give him the daylight, you know, Ely's going to make you pay. He's done it to a many SEC defenses, and that will be the same case for the Louisville defense if they're not careful. You know, having a guy like Monty Montgomery who is extremely athletic, who can rush the passer, but also, you know, be able to you know, cover sideline to sideline is extremely valuable, and they're going to need him to be on his game to be able to try to get Ole Miss in these, you know, third and long situations to try to stall drives and get that offense off the field. So before we talk about the Ole Miss offense and three key players to identify there, like I mentioned, this episode is sponsored by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save money and time when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need, from brake parts to tail lamps, from motor oil to even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. So be sure to go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, so we talked about the three key players to watch for the Louisville Cardinals. Now let's turn over to the Ole Miss Rebels, and unlike the Cardinals, there will be two offensive players and one defensive player. The first offensive player, and this is a guy that every single time that I've brought up Ole Miss, it seems like his name gets brought up, and that is all-SEC caliber running back Jerrion Ely. Uh, who stands at five foot nine, 185 pounds, a junior running back that necessarily hasn't broken onto the scene like I thought he was going to, um, but has through each season progressed. Um, as a freshman, ran for 722 yards and six touchdowns last year. Um, saw a little bit more of a workload in terms of rushes. Um, carried the ball 147 times for 745 yards, nine touchdowns last season as a running back, and also had uh, 15 carries for 155 yards with a touchdown as a receiver. So one of the more explosive running backs in the country, 
definitely in the SEC. So it's going to be a very tall task for the Cards. Uh, when I look at his game and what he brings to the table, especially for this Ole Miss offense that is trying to replace a lot of their receiving production in Elijah Moore and tight end Kenny Yaboa, uh, who both entered the NFL this past offseason. If you take a step back, you can kind of draw comparisons between both teams receiving cores to where they are trying to replace a ton of production uh, but, and there's a ton of talent in the room as it is, but in terms of experience, there's not a ton of it there, and it's just a matter of who's going to step up. We're going to talk about one of the wide receivers here in just a minute, but I think like Marshawn Ford, this is a you know an opportunity for Jerrion Ely to be used as more of a receiver in the opening game. I know that he's very deadly you know, out in the flat and uh, being able to catch the ball over the middle. And with Matt Corral's ability to extend plays, uh, it's going to be very tough to stay in front of Ely for you know the entirety of a certain play. And uh, as a runner, I mean, you know what, what's to be said? Although he hasn't cracked the 1,000-yard mark yet, I wouldn't let that fool you or lead you in a different style of thinking because he is going to be a handful for the cards. Will probably be one of, if not the best running back that the team will see this season outside of, you know, possibly Chris Rodriguez at, um, you know, Kentucky. You know, Clemson's always got a stable of solid running backs. But Ely is going to be the workhorse back for the Ole Miss Rebels. He's going to be deadly not only in you know you know running the ball, but also in read pass options, which is where I think that this Ole Miss offense is going to make their bread and butter behind that offensive line that is returning. So I think he's definitely key player number one for the team. That's mainly because stopping the run was one of the Issues for the Louisville Cardinals last season, ranked 80th in the country, allowing just under 180 yards per game on the ground. And um, I truly believe, you know, Jerry Neely is the most talented player on that Ole Miss offense, possibly on the Ole Miss team in general. Another player on the offense that I think is going to be looked upon to have a big responsibility is Braylon Sanders, senior wide receiver that dealt with a lot of injuries last year. One thing that does stand out, however, um, is his yards per catch on average. Um, since he's been with the program, this will be his fifth season, by the way, um, in the first season, 16.3. 16.9 as a sophomore, 19.2 yards per reception as a junior in 2019. And then this past year, a staggering 25.1. He only has six touchdowns, but a lot of that can be, number one, contributed to injuries, like I mentioned, but also you know having to play behind some of these guys like Elijah Moore, Kenny Yaboa, etc. Altogether, he hasn't even eclipsed the 1,000-yard mark in terms of receiving yards, nor has he had over 50 receptions, but this is his opportunity opportunity to go out and shine he's the number one starter listed on the depth chart not physically imposing with his six foot 190 pound frame but he really kind of reminds me of will fuller in the sense of if you've watched fuller if you're if you've paid attention to his journey in the nfl you know he's struggled through a lot of injuries but when he's on the field good things happen um, the yards per catch average is kind of what sets it off here and what really drives home this comparison between the two. Um, I know that the statures and the size of both players are very apples to oranges, but I do think that Braylon 
Sanders is a player that's going to be looked upon in that Ole Miss wide receiving core. And Louisville fans keep asking, you know, the media as well, who's going to step up in that Rebels wide receiving core? Um, they have a couple guys that, you know, fit the mold that could, you know, be able to carve out their own roles. I think that Braylon Sanders is option one or one A at the worst for Ole Miss moving forward. And in the first game, you know, they're going to have to rely upon his leadership and his overall experience in this first game. And I think that uh, if the Louisville Cardinals aren't careful, you know, with his ability to create separation and make, you know, something out of nothing and be able to, you know, create yards after the catch, those are the main keys. It's going to be a lot of responsibility on Chandler Jones or on Kittrell Clark, whichever one is forced to guard him. So I do think, you know, you although we don't know who's going to pop out in that Ole Miss wide receiving core in terms of, you know, substantial contributions in game one you have to respect some of the athletes that they have in the stable in that offense especially with Lane Kiffin's playing calling and you know an offensive line being able to protect a, a budding star in Matt Corral so Braylon Sanders if he can stay healthy is primed for a solid final season in Oxford when we turn to the defense and the one player on that side of the ball that I think we need to look out for that is senior defensive end Sam Williams 6'4 265 pounds this is his a money year for Williams so to speak with his ability to really catch scouts attention but at the end of the day when you look at the statistics and the averages from the Ole Miss defense last season like I mentioned one of if not the worst defense in the conference a year ago I mean it kind of all stemmed from that poor defensive line play the team really didn't do their job in getting after the quarterback they ranked 10th overall in sacks last season um, and it seems like you know you can't get too much worse but um, it, it's a team that allowed the second most passing yards per game in the conference just under 315 yards and this is where you have to you know rely on guys like Sam Williams you know Tariquius Tisdale um, you know Brandon Mack Tavius Robinson etc but especially Williams having that experience having another year in the program and being one of those guys that you know is going to have to set the tone for that rebel defense kind of like I feel like Yaya Diaby will have to do for the Louisville Cardinals Sam Williams is going to have an even bigger role just because that pass rush was ex you know essentially non-existent last season so if the Ole Miss defense is wanting to slow down the Louisville offense, which I think has the potential to be one of the best in the ACC, they have to be able to get to Malik Cunningham. When you give him a clean pocket, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the nation. And this is an offensive line that has you know grown in terms of depth. There's more experience. There's more talent and size. Not to mention the stable of running backs that they're going to throw the you know the Rebels' way. It's going to be interesting to see how Sam Williams is able to fare. But um, before we get into the deciding factors that will determine who wins this game, let's talk a little bit about betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, obviously, and eyes are now turning to the football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. Be sure to head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. 
BetOnline is the easiest and fastest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. If you're not a sports fan, that's okay. Your favorite Vegas casino games are there as well. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available in the 2021 season. Also, be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, well, guess what? Your wager will be refunded. However, only up to $25 and only for new customers when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Be also sure to use the promo code Locked on, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. In the final segment of this Thursday edition of the show, I want to identify the deciding factors that will determine who wins this game. And judging by the trend of this show, there will be three deciding factors, beginning with winning the turnover battle, given in any game, but especially this game, the Cards last season, ranked in the bottom five of the FBS, turned the ball over 24 times, uh, stalled a lot of drives, and frankly lost a couple games in the grand scheme of things. That's going to be especially critical here, and it will lead into the second deciding factor, which kind of play hand-in-hand. But ultimately, you know, being able to win the turnover battle is going to be critical for the defenses in this case, just because of, you know, trying to stop both offenses is going to be challenged for the respective defensive units. You know, what what's left to be said about this Ole Miss offense that hasn't been done so already? It's very high octane. It has a nuclear level that not many offensive units in college football can reach when they're on their game. So, you know, if you're the Louisville defense, being able to create turnovers and get that offense off the field and capitalize on it as well and try to put your offense in a good position to succeed, I mean, that's one of the biggest keys. And if you flip, you know, flip the script and look at the Ole Miss side of things, you know, winning the turnover battle, number one, is going to help that defense and kind of doing the same thing as keeping the Louisville offense off the field, allowing Ole Miss to have their way and get to their bread and butter, which is their offense. Getting that defense off the field is going to be helpful not only in that regard, but when you look at last season, only being able to create turnovers is going to be able to put your offense in the best situation, and that isn't necessarily a a recipe for winning if you're the Cards, especially against a team like this, because you kind of have to, it's going to be who can, you know, disrupt the other team's offense the most. I think that that's kind of the theme of the first game, just because you're going up against, I think, you know, one of the best offenses in college football and a respectable one. You know, if you're talking about edges, I give the edge to Ole Miss on offense, but I give Louisville the edge on defense. So it's kind of like you're playing to your strengths and all that good stuff. And that leads into the second deciding factor, which is the field position battle. And obviously, there's a couple of different ways that this battle can be won. Number one, like I mentioned, is through turnovers. Being able to you know stop offensive possessions by you know forcing turnovers can in turn be able to allow you to have good field position, you know, being able to take advantage in special teams, whether that be kick returns, punt returns, um, not getting penalized and backed up into your own territory and having being forced to punt, you know, within your own 10 yard line or so. There's a lot of factors that can contribute to, you know, field position and stuff like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, paying attention to the fine details being disciplined on both sides of the ball so you don't get penalized, um, being able to create turnovers, um, capitalizing on special teams, 
and not only that, you know, just being able to, you know, execute drives and not stalling out because one of the worst things you can do if you're either offense in this game is have a couple series where you're going three and out because not only are you probably putting the other offense in a good position to succeed in terms of field position, but you're also, you know, leaving your defense vulnerable. And if you're the Louisville defense, you know, you're always you're already going to have your hands full with that up-tempo offense. And if you're the Ole Miss defense, you know, pass rush is still a huge question. You're trying to find your identity on that side of the ball. So that just spells disaster, you know, the longer you keep both defenses on the field. So it's going to be a matter of who can be able to establish their offensive tempo early and be able to execute their game plans and, um, you know, which one struggles to do so. The final deciding factor, and this is kind of one that we've talked about um, throughout, you know, the Ole Miss prep and stuff like that, but I'm going to, you know, change it from limiting the big play, but instead, you know, making more big-time plays, you know, being able to, um, you know, have those, you know, big-time plays that either result in scores or, you know, big-time change in momentum. It's going to be you know, indicative of who is going to go out there and impose their will on offense and be able to, you know, either shift the momentum or keep the momentum and be able to bust this game wide open. If you kind of look at college football games in general, you know, games are decided by which team is is able to go out there and execute. Simply put, both of these offense have the personnel. They've got the play calling. They've got the scheme. They've got the continuity and the experience to go out there and, and both hang 40 points. Um, and I think that this is going to be a high-scoring affair that literally could turn into a shootout. And if it turns into a shootout, it's, you know, it's going to come down to who can make the most big-time plays. You know, who can go out there and really, you know, go punch for punch, but at the end of the day, you know, have the last laugh. You know, when I think of who can have the most big-time plays, I, I look back at, if you can remember the 2016 game against Clemson, one of the, you know the worst games of my memory, and um, I mean you know quality wise it was one of the best college football games, but you know how that game ended, I still haven't been able to truly go back and watch it, especially the ending. But um, one thing I do remember from that game is that both teams were just trading blow for blow, making big time play. It was Lamar Jackson against Deshaun Watson, you know, on, on prime time, going back and forth. And at the end of the day, it was Clemson that made the most big time plays and executed the best. And that's kind of you know what has to happen here in this time of game because when it when it comes to the potential of an you know an all out offensive blitz, you know, no pun intended, you know, both offenses being the marquee spot of their teams. I think the pressure is mainly going to be on the Louisville in this category because we know what the Ole Miss offense can do and personally I don't think that there's going to be a ton of issues of them being able to score. But when it comes to Louisville, you know, most are predicting, you know, Louisville's going to have to be able to hang with that Ole Miss offense and being able to do so is going to require them to not only be able to sustain drives, but also put some big time points up on the board. And to do that, you're going to have to have some big time plays. So I look for the special teams to really try to shake up momentum in this one. Um, And also, you know, having, you know, a bunch of different types of running backs with different skill sets in that running back committee is going to be big time. The offensive line is more experienced. And that's where the responsibility comes for guys like Marshawn Ford, for Justin Marshall, and then the home run threat guys like Braden Smith, 
Jordan Watkins, Tyler Harrell. You know, the list goes on. So, you know, you have to focus on, you know, winning the turnover battle, you know, doing your best to win the field position battle, although it's easier said than done. And then, you know, just making more big-time plays than than the other team. And I know that these kind of sound generic, but when you have an offensive shootout like this one projects to be, you know, these are just kind of the things that dictate these types of high-scoring affairs. So we talked about three key players to watch for the Louisville Cardinals and also three key players to watch for the Ole Miss Rebels and then identified and analyzed three deciding factors that will determine who will win this game most likely. We will look at both depth charts tomorrow on the Friday edition of the show, while also comparing the positional competitions head to head, you know, like quarterback to quarterback, um, you know, running back to running back, etc. Before we get out of here, be sure to you know check out a couple of these pods, um, beginning with the Cardinal Sports Zone pod, um, which I actually help co-host with Jeremy and Joe Wallman, Sam Bazden, Sean Barber, and Wes Brown, and. And Higgy, there's a ton of unique personality in that room. It's always a good time. You get your weekly dose of Cardinal Sports. Also getting some comic relief while you're at it. So check that out. Another podcast to check out is the Locked On Bets, which, you know, betting on any team doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. So follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. Wherever you like to get your podcasts, you can follow the podcast Twitter page at LO underscore Louisville. You can also follow me on Twitter at Defense underscore. Uh, definitely appreciate everyone who is liking and sharing and retweeting the pod on social media. Be sure to like and subscribe on whatever avenue you choose to listen to it on. Um, and also, you know, be sure to interact with, with the podcast as well. Tell me some improvements that can be made, some things you like, some things you don't like, etc. We're all about, you know, making this the best avenue for the fans. Um, we'd definitely appreciate everyone for listening into the episode yesterday with Jaquay Savage and all the good stuff that he brought to the table in terms of content. Um, there's a post out there right now asking you know what makes Louisville fans the best fan base out there. Be sure to comment on that, why you believe that the Cardinal fan base is the best one in the country. Um, you can find that on the Locked On Twitter page at LO underscore Louisville. That's going to do it all for us and wrap up this Thursday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow.